Hello and welcome to the Game Week 10 episode of the FPL Bet podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, FPL Braveheart, and uh, this week I'm going to do it's a slightly new look podcast. Um, if anybody follows me on Twitter, and hopefully, hopefully you do, um, the last week I put up a couple of Twitter polls to see the direction that the community would like this podcast to take and which features they, they would like. Um, overwhelmingly, the selection was for hosts, uh, team reveal and team analysis and a statistical deep dive into the upcoming game week's fixtures. So with that in mind, the podcast will now be um, start with me going through my team from the previous game week We'll then go into a statistical deep dive of the upcoming game week's fixtures where I'll discuss things like um, attractive players to transfer in, people who I think are perhaps under the radar but um, shouldn't be, and really just make some um, and, and make some analysis about who I would be playing, who I'd be captaining, and just generally applicable information that hopefully will help those listening to finalise their teams for that game week. Um, this week's deadline is on Friday, so just wanted to say that as a, as a bit of a reminder, just in case anybody has uh, has forgotten. Um, with Southampton versus Leicester, so Vardy versus Ings, as it seems to be right now. So to start off with, going through my game week nine team, I only had ten people playing, um, but still managed to get a ten k rise and a green arrow out of it. Um, I only had ten players because Otamendi, Salah, Hayden, and Kelly all didn't play. Um, Hayden was expected. The other three, unfortunately, were not. Um, Otamendi came off the bench. Uh, this is this is recording on the evening of Tuesday, the twenty second of October, um, just after the the Champions League, uh, matches have been played, and Salah has been past fit. He's now no longer uh, yellow flagged in the game. Hayden's still suspended, um, and Kelly. I'm not too sure about him. Um, I think he's still green, f- uh, yellow flag in the game. Uh, yeah, he's still seventy five percent in the game. But so now is Alexander Arnold. Um, so that's that's worrying. But we'll deal with that when we get around to my game week ten um, analysis. So to go through my team from game week nine. Ryan was in goals. Um, the reason I have him is not for his clean sheet potential, but his save potential. He managed to get uh, concede two goals and yet still managed to get three points, so that's ideal. In my defence, Trent Alexander-Arnold, not a vintage performance. Um, he was unlucky with the clean sheet um, because Rashford's goal potentially could have been ruled out for offside, but wasn't. Um, Attacking-wise, he, he wasn't very... Um, potent and for any assists or um, shots. Otamendi was injured during the international break. Um, thank you very much to Pep for letting everyone who owns Otamendi know that. And um, he is off um, out of my team for Lundstrom off the bench. Um, I'll come to Lundstrom when I get down to the bench. 
Rico was a late transfer in. Um, he got a clean sheet, two bonus points, and most importantly, it has left me with £1.9 million in the bank. That money will come in very handy as I try to upgrade either um, James or Pookie to either De Bruyne or Vardy. That's um, just a advance warning of what my transfers are likely to be. Um, in midfield, I had Salah, didn't play, um, but seems to have recovered. I'll be watching the Liverpool game tonight, um, both as a fan and as an FPL manager, to see whether or not Salah plays and if he looks up to speed. Um, next, Sterling got an assist. Um, he had some good opportunities to score, but, but fluffed his lines. Um, he had two big chances in last week's in the last uh, match, four shots in the box and two big chances created. Um, and tonight in the Champions League, he scored a hat trick and got two assists. So hopefully that's him turning around his form now, and this will get him the confidence to drive forward at the weekend against Villa. Mason Mount, uh, he was hooked just after the 60th minute. He had one shot in the box, one shot, one of which was on target. Um, he seems to be having a slight drop-off in his performance. There's speculation that, that could be because of Hudson-Odoi coming into the park and playing more advanced. I'm going to give Mount a bit more time before I start considering whether or not I should be ditching him. Um, Hopefully it's just a it's just a minor regression and he'll he'll come back to the form that we were all thinking he was going to be having all season with his his excellent value. Uh, then my last midfielder is James. He was lucky to get the assist as I mentioned before. Rashford's goal possibly could have been ruled out for VAR, but he did play well to get the assist. He um, he created one big chance, has an xA of zero point four four and managed to get six points. So. Not really a vintage performance, so I, I I do have him on the chopping block, albeit Man United play Norwich this weekend. And that remains the case because I think there are better opportunities elsewhere in the game than holding James so that Man United can play Norwich. Up front, Wilson, disappointing. Uh, two shots, one shot in the box, one big chance created. I was hoping for something from him, whether it was an assist or a goal. Uh, didn't manage to get anything, so that was disappointing. Abraham, very small margins. He hit the crossbar. He had a very, very close call about the 79th minute mark. He was my captain, so that would have possibly propelled me even further up the rankings. That would have been a, a, taking a meh, okay game week to a good one. Um, he had four shots in the box, two shots on target and two big chances. He had the chances, he just, unfortunately, none of them went in. So that is unfortunate. Hoping this isn't going to be a sign of things to come with Abraham, but I will be having patience with him in any event. Um, and then finally, Pookie. He has suffered a significant drop-off since I joined the Pookie party. He's yet to get a goal since I've signed him. In the last week's game, he had two shots, one shot on target, and zero shots in the box. I am strongly considering getting rid of Pookie and or James at the moment, um, but that will depend on the fitness of the likes of Alexander-Arnold, Salah, uh, Otto Hindi, uh, Kelly, because so, I, I, 
I think it's important to field a field of 10. I don't want to try and get a green arrow each week with one arm time behind my back. And then finally, Lundstrom. Got a clean sheet. He was an off-the-bench hero again. He had zero creative actions, but um, his six points off the bench were very, very welcome for me and for quite a lot of others in the FPL community, as I've seen on Twitter. So beyond my team, I was who impressed me this most this game week? I was impressed by Danny Ings. I have mentioned him before in the podcast. He was in my game week one team because I thought statistically he represented good value. And I got rid of him for Pookie uh, maybe about five weeks, five game weeks ago, just before Ings started in his 4-4 four and four, uh, run, which is unfortunate. Last weekend, he got six shots in the box, three of which were on target, uh, one big chance, and... But his fixtures aren't great. He has Leicester and City next, and then they open up slightly. Um, but at 5.9, I think he still is. He is a good option if you're looking to downgrade a likes of a, of a Pookie to upgrade elsewhere. I am looking to do that, but I think I need to downgrade slightly further. And we'll come to my plans um, in the last segment of the show. Moving now to the Game Week 10 forward look, and rather than going through a match of the day style, um, selecting games based on what I think the most interesting games are, I'm going to look through the games in order of them occurring and alphabetical order as well. So, the southampton Leicester's Friday night's game, um, Southampton have conceded 2.6 big chances per game and taking 9.4 shots in the box per game with two big chances per game. So, less, they, they do offer some attacking value there. Uh, as I mentioned, Danny Ings is a good um, option if looking to try and get some of the those, those cheap value uh, shots in the box from Southampton. Leicester are, are less value going forward. They've had 6.6 shots in the box per game, but they are more clinical with two goals per game. Vardy is one of the best marksmen and always seems to outperform his XG. There's there's always a risk when people discuss XG in that if somebody doesn't have high XG, then they are seen as not a viable option or that they're, they're not sustainable. But Vardy and Aubameyang, for example, both always outperform their XG. This to me shows that they have excellent finishing ability and that that's something that is an intangible that's not factored into the statistical analysis. So it's always good to couple the statistical analysis with match of the day, which I do, and Vardy is, is clinical. He's a clinical finisher, so he continue to outperform his XG. And I think over Leicester's upcoming run, if you can get Vardy in, if you can do a Pookie to Vardy, for example, um, that would be an excellent move to make. Southampton will try and keep um, Vardy quiet. He, they've managed to keep their opponents to 6.2 shots in the box per game. Um, by comparison, Man United are have kept their opponents to the least shots in the box per game, and they're about 4.47, I think, from memory. Leicester concedes slightly more shots in the box per game of 7.2. So I think Ings is also going to get a couple of opportunities. And I can see this being somewhat low scoring. Um, I can see it being 
maybe 1-1 one, one or 2-1 to Leicester. Um, I, I, I can see both teams scoring. Um, and Danny Ings has 1.9 shots in the box per game. Um, all these statistics are over the last five game weeks and are per game. And Vardy's 1.9 shots per game is the most in his team. Vardy has slightly less at 1.4. But as mentioned before, he doesn't need as many shots to be as clinical. He, he's not a machine gun, he's a sniper. Moving now to Brighton uh, against Everton. And Brighton have conceded 2.6 big chances per game. And they've conceded the fifth most in expected goals conceded. Less, uh, Everton, uh, surprisingly, are fourth best for expected goals conceded. Only Burnley, Chelsea, Liverpool have a lower XGC. So if you ha- if you still have, if you've persevered with Lucas Dean, and I, I haven't, then Everton seem to be turning a corner. And they, they certainly impressed me in their win against West Ham with two goals and a clean sheet. The players to watch in this game for me are uh, Mopai and Richarlison. I, I am a fan of Richarlison. He is taking a great deal of shots. He was playing out of position against West Ham as a striker. And Mopai, I think, is is uh, he seems to be in the Danny Ings light mode, but with better fixtures at the moment. Um, as another option, I am considering Connolly. Um, he's 4.5 million, started the last two games, but he was subbed at half-time after Aaron Moy got sent off. But until then, Connolly's numbers were good, so I'm hopeful that he may be able to press on. Um, and I am considering him as a, as a make-weight for a, a big move in midfield for me. City and Villa next. City are top for most of the creative actions in the game. Most big chances created per game with five. Most shots in the box per game with 15.6. Um, highest XG in the game with 3.14. Only City, however, have taken more shots than Villa, uh, which I think is quite... In the last five game weeks, which I think is quite potent, but then again, they did have their Norwich game in that statistical uh, frame of reference. Villa have conceded 10.8 shots in the box per game, but only 1.8 big chances per game and have a quite low 1.51 XGC. This suggests that um, they're able to keep their opponents to volume, but most of the shots are in frustration rather than being open shots which are, are free and can be exploited. That being said, City are City. They're on the back of an excellent result in the Champions League where Guero and Sterling were portraying motion again, scoring two and three goals respectively. I think City are on course for a big win, but I have to add a caveat. The last two times I've tipped, or the last two times the community in general has tipped that, it was Norwich and Wolves, and they lost both of those games. So um, you might as well bump some money on a Villa win now. A City captain, so Aguero, KDB, Sterling, are all very, very safe and will be among the highest captaincies in the game. I don't think you can go wrong with those captaincies. Um, and I think I do think City will win comfortable. 
Um, and if I'm looking to make make a bet and what I've just said aside, I I would be happy taking City with at least a minus two in this game. I think they can win three nil plus. Um, or three one or four one plus because I I can't see them keeping clean sheets because they've been struggling for that this season. Watford versus Bournemouth. This is the seventh and the both are the seventh and eighth teams. Uh, respectively, for most shots in the box conceded, um, but uh, last week Bournemouth versus Norwich was also one that we thought maybe would have a lot of shots in the box, and that ended up as a nil-nil draw. Watford conceded two point eight sh- uh, big chances per game. Only Norwich and Sheffield United with three per game are worse. FPL assets for Watford are slim, uh, Delafeu if you absolutely had to, but to be perfectly honest, I think the money is better spent elsewhere. For Bournemouth, Wilson, 1.4 big chance per game, 1.8 shots in the box per game since game week 5. Again, he's he's not he's not a bulk performer, he is a sniper, not a machine gun, um, but he does perform better at home than away, so I'm not optimistic that he would do very well against Watford. Um, despite Watford's uh, propensity for conceding big chances. Um, moving now to West Ham against Sheffield United. Sheffield United are the third bottom for shots in the box um, on their... Uh, yeah. Shots in the box. And only Newcastle and Leicester have fewer. Uh, sorry, that's uh, shots in the box in their travels, their third bottom. And only Newcastle and Leicester have fewer. They are second bottom for big chances uh, with 0.5 per game. So it's unlikely that they're going to be um, scoring a significant number in this game. But I don't think a lot of the community are interested in Sheffield United for their attacking assets. Looking at their defensively, uh, defensive assets, West Ham are not significantly better than Sheffield United. They are bottom for big chances created at home with 0.5 and have 5.5 shots in the box per game. In West Ham, Sheffield United, I can see another low scoring game here. Um, possibly, uh, that seems to be a Sheffield United trademark for this season. Uh, West Ham have conceded the fifth fewest shots in the box for teams um, at home this season behind Liverpool, Brighton, Man City, Chelsea and surprisingly Watford in the last um, if we're looking at assets for West Ham Haller remains their most potent threat in terms of his stats 1.8 shots in the box 0.2 big chances per game and an XG of 0.23 however I think the likes of Jimenez um, and for slightly more Abraham are far better value in that bracket Sheffield United, there's only one person to talk about, that's Sir John Lundstrom. Um, although his attacking numbers have dropped off recently, he still represents incredible value, especially if you call him at the likes of 4 million. He has 0.6 shots in the box per game, 0.2 big chances per game. Burnley and Chelsea next. Chelsea have a high number of shots in the box per game, 11.8, only behind City. Similarly, they are second for big chances created, with 3.6 per game. This bodes well for Abraham, however, 
he has had uh, difficult performances in recent weeks. Burnley concede, are conceding more shots in the box than is typical for them, 8.2 per game, which suggests that this trip might be a profitable one for Abraham. Burnley do, however, remain good at restricting big chances and their opponents have only had 1.2 big chances conceded per game. At, uh, in terms of options, at Chelsea, Abraham is the star pick this season. 2.9 shots in the box per game, 1.2 big chances. Only Kuhn and Sterling uh, seem to have better statistics on, on those fronts. Burnley... Um, Wood is picking up where the Barnes train derailed. He recently he's had um, one point six big chances per game, and he, if not for VAR, he would have had a brace at the weekend. Next to Newcastle against Wolves, Wolves are another team that seems to have turned the corner. They're climbing up the table, so they will now have confidence as they continue um, on their kind run of fixtures. Newcastle have the least amount of shots in the box per game, three point eight. And Wolves have the third least, 5.4. So suggests possibly another low-scoring game here. Um, but Wolves have a better quality of shots with a higher XG. Newcastle have 0.49 XG. If you're bringing in a defender um, this week and you want to have good odds of a clean sheet with good fixtures going forward, target Newcastle in this Wolves game and you'll have Wolves fixtures going forward. Newcastle Newcastle players, I wouldn't bother, to be honest. Hayden, if only to move your bench fodder, he's now 4.4 million and will be back, I think it's the, not this week, but next week. Um, and he does have some attacking threat, but he's suspended this week. So unless you're wild carding and looking to get a 4.4 um, enabler in your in your midfield, then don't bother. Wolves, Jimenez is the attacking standout. He had a goal in game week 9 and may have had another one or two, but for VAR. In defence, uh, Willie Bolly is the only option I consider, with Doherty seemingly being rotated and underperforming to an extent um, for his price range. And Bolly is a PB magnet um, and in low-scoring matches. Arsenal against Palace. Arsenal are middle of the league in terms of taking shots in the box. They're 8th with 8.5 per game. Palace are 10th with 8.0 per game. Palace are 4th bottom for big chances. Only Sheffield United, West Ham and Newcastle have fewer. Um, Palace show a lack of creativity with only 0.96 big chances per game. They are 7th. Uh, for seven for shots in the box conceded, and they've managed to keep their opposition to 7.25 per game. They're joint second behind Spurs and Liverpool for big chances conceded. Palace have managed to restrict their opponents to only 1.5 big chances per game. Arsenal are third bottom uh, for XG conceded. Uh, since game week 5, only Watford and Norwich are worse. Um, so I can see this being... Uh, both teams to score a match, most certainly. Aubameyang has blanked in his last two, but I can't see him making that three in a row. He is potent at home with 2.5 shots per game, shots in the box per game, and one big chance per game. Again, he is a sniper in terms of attacking, so I can see him getting a goal. Um, he is a viable captaincy option. 
Palace, not many of their players um, travel well, to be honest. Ayu is probably the best of a bad bunch if looking for a picky downgrade. He um, is, I think, 5.1 million and, and seems to be nailed on in the team because he's playing week in, week out. For the, I've got two games left now. The first one is the match of the week, probably. Liverpool against Spurs, a rematch of the Champions League final. The key question is, will Salah and will Trent Alexander-Arnold be fit for this game? Liverpool have conceded uh, second-fewest shots in the box, 5.2. Tottenham have conceded 8.2 per game. Both teams, however, are quite tight when it comes to big chances. Um, they are both joint-fewest big chances since game week 5, 1 per game each. Liverpool are lowest with XG conceded at 0.6 per game. Um, can see a tight match, maybe a tight win for Liverpool, 1-0, uh, 2-1 possibly. If fit, Salah always puts in the best stats for Liverpool since game week 5. He's had 2.8 shots in the box, 0.8 big chances, 0.51 XG. Um, nevertheless, Vatmani, it's still decent numbers with 2.0 shots in the box per game. One big chance per game, which is 0.2 more than Salah, and uh, 0.5 XG, which is 0.01 less than Salah. So he, for almost a million pounds cheaper, I think actually it's now maybe 0.7 uh, million cheaper, he represents good value. Spurs are well off form in the league, but they managed to get a big win um, last night in the Champions League. And if they're going to get anything against Liverpool, it will be through Kane or Sun. Final match of the week, Norwich against United is a potential low-scoring game. Norwich have had one big chance uh, since game week five, whereas United have created only 1.2 big chances per game. United have restricted their opposition to the fewest shots in the box since game week five, 4.6 per game. Norwich, however, are second most conceding 11 uh, per game in the box. The Villa game is probably inflating those figures. It's a good game for Martial to get up to speed, or for Rashford to try and continue uh, his form and build a bit of momentum. The possible players... It's possibly famous last words, but I think Pookie, the Pookie party may be over. But he still has good value, but there may be better value elsewhere with the likes of Danny Ings being on form at the moment. Or going for an IU, a Connolly, and using that money elsewhere, which is something I'm seriously considering. Pookie has an XG of 0.38 per game, 0.2 big chances created per game, and 0.6 big chances per game. So his numbers aren't terrible, they're just nowhere near the, where they used to be. So that's the game week 10 look ahead for just generally looking through the fixtures. Looking ahead to my team, uh, the questions I'm looking at are, is Otamendi fit? Is Salah fit? Is Trent Alexander-Arnold fit? Is the Pookie party finally over? Um, I've struggled to find a James replacement um, that I've been happy with. So with more money in the bank from the Rico move last week, doing to Rico, can I do better now? I have two free transfers and 1.9 million in the bank. My options 
that I'm considering are number one, Pookie Tavardi, number two, James and Pookie to KDB and Connolly, and if Salah is possibly out, Salah and Pookie to KDB and Aubameyang. I think Salah will be fit, so my current favourite is option two. <clears throat> I think City against Villa is going to be such an attractive game, and I dodged a bullet last week by not having KDB yet. Um, I think that Connolly won't be a permanent person in my team. Brighton have good fixtures coming up, but in the next two weeks, but I, I wanted to buy a little bit of time. I want to get KDB early and I'll then spend a little bit of time increasing Connolly to a, maybe a Danny Ings, for example. That's, I will confirm on my Twitter at FPL, at FPL Braveheart, but that's the move I think I'm, I'm inclined to make at present. My captaincy, unless I get KDB, I think it'll be Sterling, and even if I do get KDB, it will still probably be Sterling he's the better underlying numbers and on the back of a, a hat-trick and two-assist game in the Champions League hopefully his his form is is now there and he's got a bit more confidence um, so that's how I am going to how I'm going to look going into game week 10 is assuming I make the two transfers I've just mentioned I'll have Ryan and goals TAA Otamendi and Rico, so that's Ryan against Everton at home, Alexander-Arnold against Spurs at home, Otamendi against Villa at home, Rico against Watford away. <laughs> Salah at home to Tottenham would be my vice-captain, Sterling at home to Villa would be my, uh, would be my captain. Then I'd have Kevin De Bruyne at home to Villa and Mason Mount away to Burnley. Up front, Callum Wilson away to Watford. Abraham away to... Burnley and finally Connolly away to at home to Everton. So that is the that's all for um this week's episode of the FPL Bet podcast. And um, if you liked this podcast, please uh, leave comments, leave feedback. Very much appreciated. And if you liked the new look Stisco deep dive of the game week, please let me know. If there's anything else that you'd like to see or hear from. Uh, all feedback is gratefully received. So thank you once again for listening and I hope everybody listening has a strong green arrow this game week. Thank you. Bye.